Welcome back to the Super Flexible Podcast. Here this week with my guest host, Mr. Dynasty Out South. Out South? Out South? I can't even say Outhouse now. Dynasty Outhouse. I was about to say, I think I'm more Russ, east of you than I know, south. I, I just can't talk. It's not you. You're, you get to be wherever you want to be, and you are Dynasty Outhouse. Russ Fisher himself, how the hell are you? I am damn excited to be here talking to you. That's how I am. Man, absolutely. I, I was just going to let you like take the realms and run this bad boy. Oh, hey, man. That, that's fine. I could do that. So if anybody didn't listen, like what we're going to do today is actually kind of an idea we used to do on Fantasy Football Breakdown. Um, if you don't know about that podcast, you missed out. Hopefully we'll oh, yeah. have more of them. But we used to do Free For All Friday, and it's kind of a redraft-based show. And we take guys with under 50% ownership that we feel could be waiver wire ads next week. And we want you to get them this week or weekend for free before that happens. So you don't have to pay that hefty waiver wire cost. Save those for unforeseen situations, whether a player gets hurt or somebody just totally goes off and you need to pick up James Robinson. Um, so I don't, I, I didn't um, put anybody from last night's game on my list, Russ. Um, I did not either. Because it's already too late. They're they're locked. So yep. trying to help you out. Like these aren't guys we're necessarily saying to throw in your lineup this week. Maybe in some cases you can. But these are guys that we're saying to get now just to stay ahead of the waiver wires a little bit. So Russ and I... Both have a few guys down. I'm, I'm curious to hear yours. I like the approach you took. Um, Russ is a little bit more at the bottom of the barrel than I am on some of these guys, so pretty low ownership. But to me, like this game, like ownership doesn't really matter. The one thing that matters is we want you to get them now for free. Yeah, and also it, you know, starting lineups matter. I mean, my redraft league, I think we start like seven offensive players where in like all of our dynasty leagues right. start 10 at a minimum 10 to 12 yeah so, yeah so i if you're in a redraft league we are starting 10 12 people i mean i i needed to show up swags a little bit because he was making it seem like a little competitive so i'm like oh no i'm taking you down <laughs> so me all of my guys you you are, did that to yourself <laughs> hey no y yes okay so it was all me that's fine it's all in my head and that makes it real to me that's all that matters uh, so Russ was all like, of my do guys you not know that this is dynasty outhouse and i was like dude i know i'm bowing down i'm bowing down <laughs> all my guys are under 10 percent owned and if you are starting like 10 12 people there's a good chance with all the injuries going on that you can start most if not all of my guys Ooh, i love so, it Yep, there's. I'm making this competitive. I don't I know how it. we're gonna. So who I don't know gonna how we're gonna crown with? a winner, but it's gonna be me anyway. So it's fine. We will. Well, man, we could make this into a game somehow too. Like, um, how much does their percentage go up? Or um, I don't know if you have to wait that because the guys with like higher percentage, like um, Corey Davis, I'll mention really quick just to get out of the way and for an example of this. But Corey Davis is 45 percent owned. He's somebody that I feel shouldn't be on this list. He should be above 50% owned. Like, he's already shown through a couple weeks that Corey Davis is for real this year. I mean, he looks great on the field. 
Um, so, but then do you weight somebody like Corey Davis's 45% versus somebody with like a seven or 8% ownership somehow, because Corey Davis can't quite go up as fast if somebody yeah. in that lower area is picked up. I was, was going to say something like two weeks points scored divided by ownership percentage or something. Ooh. To, uh, or the, like the ownership percentage or an increased ownership percentage? Well, no, then we would have to multiply instead of divide because the higher mm. ownership jump would be a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, we'll, we're you're we're doing figure all this, this out fancy now. math. We, yeah, we might try job. to put a, a scoring <laughs> system on this. I'm down. Maybe I talk Russ into doing this every week with me. Ooh. So <laughs> maybe I'll talk my wife into letting me do this. <laughs> That's the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> Got to respect that. So I, I mentioned Corey Davis. Um, I do think you should go out and get him, but but uh, I mean Russ mentioned and he's got a good point. Like Corey Davis and some of those higher ones are easy, but obviously not easy enough for some of you. Like I think you can trust it now. You probably have like a. Oh, man, I, I don't know. I'm going to say maybe you have Madison or Chase Edmonds or somebody like that. Maybe you're handcuffing your running back instead of getting these players that are actually putting up points right now. And I think you can make those moves pretty comfortably at this point to pick up somebody like Corey Davis before he has another good week. Yeah, for sure. And also, I mean, those the two names you brought up are the two names I brought up before we started on how weird I thought it was that mm -hmm. they are under 50% owned because... I mean, my redraft league on Yahoo, which is what we use for ownership percentage, I think we only have like seven bench spots at, yeah. at most. Yeah. And those guys are owned. Like, hang, like those are top-end handcuffs. Like, those yep. guys are on rosters. So it's really crazy. Like, maybe there are just that many eight-team leagues where that drops the percentages down. But it's crazy to me that Madison and Chase Edmonds would be under 50%. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we got a lower to like 30% guy? from now on. Okay, you want me to go first? Yeah. Well, I went right, first well, with Corey Davis, kind of. Oh, that's true. Okay. Uh, well, I'll go. I'll start at the top of the most owned. And this one isn't super special or anything because we've heard the name Mo Ali Cox before. But yep. he is 9% owned. And last week, he had five catches for over 100 yards, which Jack Doyle has never done before. Right. Uh, Mo Ali Cox has been on the front mind, whatever foreground of their minds of a lot of dynasty players for a while because man any tight end that's huge and uber athletic we just want to be a thing and it looks like mo Ali cox might finally be there uh he is on a team with a quarterback who is just going to target the hell out of his tight ends and the Colts should be able to see that he does more with his target share reception share whatever than doyle does and doyle's not healthy i mean that's why this happened so even when doyle comes back you're going to hope Mo Ali Cox still sees the field. And I think this is, especially if you're in a tight end premium, someone great to keep on your bench because especially if I don't remember what Doyle happened to Doyle that he didn't play. And I absolutely left him in a lineup or two because I wasn't paying close enough attention. But if he misses extended time, then he is going to probably become an every week starter at tight end. Yeah, I, I love this one. And um, it was on my list as well. So I'm probably going to like keep going to some of my higher guys till unless um, you miss some of my lower percentage guys. But, yeah, dude, I, I love that one. I think that there's actual situations where Mo Ali cox as long as, like you said, Doyle's out, I think that he he has 
you could play the matchups and he could do better than some of the much higher owned tight ends because it's such a fluky position anyway. Or if you didn't yep. spend on a tight end or something like that, maybe you're missing George Kittle. Um, yeah. and, and I hope you've utilized your IR to use that like an extra roster spot. You don't even need to drop somebody. You can go out and get Mo Alley Cox. Yeah, so, exactly. I, I love that one. I know back and forth is usually what we probably should be doing, but I'm just going to jump into my next guy anyway because it's just another tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, not oh, a new he name. He's not just another tight end. Drew Sample at yes. 7%. Love it. Uh, this dude needs to be owned with Joe Burrow as his quarterback because, man, has he been targeting the tight ends. I mean, CJ Uzuma played half the f- game last week and still left with like five catches and a touchdown. Yeah. And Drew Sample in that game last week where Uzuma played, I believe it was half the game at least. Mm-hmm. Had, Sample had nine targets. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, okay, Burrow's not going to throw 61 times every single game, just to put that out there. But still, that's that's a lot for a tight end. And again, if you're in a tight end premium, this dude was probably snatched up already. But seven, again, 7%, like, maybe it's just because we're Dynasty. I don't know why it seems so obvious that this dude should be on a roster. But yeah. He absolutely should be on a roster. Well, he's kind if of anything, a stash. Once the bye weeks hit, he'll be so easily plugged yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I love the Drew Sample one. He's somebody that I already kind of had in most of our dynasty leagues just from mm-hmm. probably a lot from that rookie fever. But I mean, he's a second round draft pick last year. Yep. Great blocker. Like you said, yep. Burrow is going to target those tight ends and Sample's going to be on the field. And I mean, you mentioned what he did even with Uzuma on the field. Like I, I would, I don't know, dude. Like, so is it crazy? Like I'll, I'll start Drew Sample over Hayden Hurst or Austin Hooper this week. Austin Hooper, easy, but man, like I, at this point, I'm terrified of sitting anyone on the Falcons pass catchers. I, I, I understand what you're saying, dude. Like with, with but, yeah, but I do understand what you're safer. saying. I think Drew Sample will be safer than Hayden Hurst because week one, I don't know if it was just because it was week one, Hurst wasn't super involved. And it was all the Russell Gage show. Or am I having the mm-hmm. numbers? No, no, that's right. Yeah, first week, Hurst didn't do too much, but last week he did. And, and so, to your point, if Julio's out, oh, then Hurst, yeah, could, definitely Hurst could be too. nice. But, I mean, not oh, crazy versus, like, the ownership difference here we're talking about. And, um, man, I, I would board bet that. And I'd even give you both tight ends. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to take that because I think Sample's a great play. Two drink would take that, Russ. I am here for you whenever you need, but I am not a two-drink replacement. That's not what I am. Those are big shoes to fill. (laughs) But I wish it would be. It would have been a little bit more fun if you would have taken it. I'll just say that. Maybe Um, we'll find a good one. But but I mean, I would even almost say the same thing with Moali Cox. To be completely honest with you. Oh, I definitely will for Moali. Yeah, Moali Cox should still eat especially if Doyle's out. Yeah. I think losing losing Campbell on its own, and Pittman, I think, got dinged up a little bit. So I think Alley Cox should easily see it. I think he got six, six or seven targets to get those five catches. I think that's easily going to happen again. Um, so my next one, I'm not going to go quite in order. I'm going to kind of skip around and see what we get in here. Um, mm-hmm. But my next one is, is a situation where I think we're making too much of a big deal of Mike Davis, and I think Mike Davis could be a flex spot, but I'm going to go with Curtis Samuel at 25%. I think that Curtis Samuel could get something out of that backfield and still be targeted in the passing game. Yep. I I had his name written down, and then when I decided to be super cool and only go under 10%, (laughs) I erased it. Uh, The 
man, who was it? Rule, right? That's the coach there. He even came out and it was either him or the OC came out and said, we were getting him more touches. We need to. And that's the absolute truth. Mike Davis is going to be fine. And if you do play in very deep starting lineups, I'm sure he'll make it into a flex spot and be worth it. Yep. But man, Curtis Samuel, if he keeps his receiving share and gets a couple of touches out of the backfield, mm-hmm. he'll be super usable. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I think it's too late to try to buy some Curtis Samuel in Dynasty, but it's not too late to add him in redraft. I still don't think you have to pay too much for him right now. I mean, everyone might have stars in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, he's going to get this with those few weeks that uh, CMC is out. But I still think you'd be able to get him. You don't have to pay first for him or anything. So I still no, think you shouldn't have he's to. super obtainable. And, and some people aren't quite thinking like this because we've we've been a little bit over-consumed with Mike Davis. That That's kind of what's in your head that... Samuel, for some reason, has become an afterthought. Yeah, go test those waters. But, yeah, that that's a nice savvy move, though, to throw somebody like Samuel in your flex if you need it. And, and man, we've all got some of those guys who have been underachieving this year who I think at some point are you're going to kick yourself for benching them. But yep. Curtis Samuel could be a good, like like Russ said, a great flex replacement this week if, if you have some of those feelings and need to move somebody to your bench to tell them what's up. <laughs> teach those guys a lesson everyone's replaceable <laughs> it's it's everybody's fault that gardner and lavishka chenault kind of had poor weeks because everybody finally decided to get behind <laughs> him and it was that chicken voodoo damn straight don't do it to curtis samuel let me have it <laughs> uh, okay so i'm gonna go next for a guy who's also sort of injury replacement a little bit uh kendrick Bourne is six percent okay, okay uh i know Ayuk is back a bit i don't think he's up to full speed Ayuk only got three targets last game samuel's still clearly on the ir so he ain't playing mm-hmm. but kendrick Moore got five targets in the first two games each this season so with kittle still banged up he might be playing but i can't imagine he's coming back full speed and you know Ayuk's still working his way back and samuel's still not on the field kendrick Bourne is also a different body type than Ayuk anyway, so I don't think mm-hmm. they'll run in. I don't think they'll eat into each other. So I really think Kendrick Bourne is a super safe play again in deeper spots. That f- getting five targets from your last flex spot, I think, is great. I think that's you know what you would expect and what you would hope for. And if he happens to bring one of those in for a touchdown, then you know that's just putting on top. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's really the phrase or anything, but I thought of putting it the second, so I went with it. Yeah, I, I like that one. How long, on an, on another note, and we'll keep this moving because we're doing a good job, but how long do you think, when's Debo back? Like next week or the week after? Well, he needs to be out. Three to three weeks. Three, yeah, um, but man, I it, do you rush him back with without Garoppolo there? I mean, I guess, yeah, because he Nick still needs Mullins, to play for the dude, spot. He's getting a quarterback upgrade if he gets in there while Mullins is yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. You join the Superflex Super Show. It's family style. Oh, I've, I've have been be there, Russ. Fan. No, I've I been know, there. I know, I know. Never been uh, a yes, Jimmy G I, guy. Yeah, I've never been a Jimmy G guy either. And unknowingly enough, I had him in TA8, and now I only have one quarterback but because I planned that very poorly. It's definitely nice to have the support of my Superflex Super Show friends. <laughs> <laughs> definitely nice. Um, I'm going to group these next two together Um, because they're on the same team and one is chase claypool and the other one is james washington claypool's at 13 percent ownership and washington is at 11 percent ownership Mm -hmm. i don't quite think that it's all shaken out on in 
Steelers Nation who's going to be that number three target on a consistent basis. Maybe not even the number one or number two. I mean, last week we saw Deontay. I mean, really this season we've seen a lot of Deontay. But he it's only more, two uh, weeks. Target. Yeah. So James Washington and Claypool are guys that I want to keep an eye on and stash. I can't give like quite as much conviction as what we've given on the last guys we've mentioned, but they are guys that I do think are going to be like a wide receiver three area or some kind of flex appeal. I think they have a, a weekly ceiling that could help you. The floor is not there, but I think they have a decent weekly season. And I think at some point, <laughs> one of these players, so I don't want you to go out and play the guessing game. Maybe we monitor this one a little closer. Maybe it's not great for this list, but at some point, I think we're one of these guys is going to be above that 50% mark. Well, yeah, no, I agree. Um, well, just to put it out there, I think Claypool over Washington, which sucks because I love James Washington coming out. But at least the first two weeks, at least each of the first two games, Claypool has at least one deep pass catch. Mm-hmm. And one of them happened to go for a touchdown last week, which is even nicer. Yeah. Um, and from what I've read slash heard from Steelers people and beat writers and stuff is that everyone's enamored with Claypool. Yeah. So he, he was I think, three of three last week for 88 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. He and is the highest scoring rookie wide receiver at this point in this two weeks in. I know it's only two weeks, but he is the yeah. highest scoring rookie wide receiver. If it's your narrative, you use that stat, baby. Um, but it's like in backfields. Like, there's a lot of people who think, oh, well, I'm just going to go grab everyone in the Chiefs' backfield and whoever works their way up. Mm. I guess that's bad now that CEH is there and all of that stuff. But, like, in Buffalo, where it's Moss and Singletary, where their values are pretty similar. Like, oh, just go grab both, and whoever shakes out, I have. I'm like, I don't like doing that. I don't like owning backfields. I, I pick a flag and plant it. So of the Washington and Claypool flags, I'm going to grab Claypool and plant it. Yeah. Um, Zach Moss is out this week. Maybe you own Zach Moss, and you could drop him in redraft for almost any of the players we're mentioning just to see if they go off because nobody's going to pick up Zach Moss this week or after waivers next week with him being out for an injury. So if you want to go back to Moss after you make these savvy moves that Russ and I are talking about, he'll still be there for you in my opinion. Uh, I dropped him after week one, even though he did score the touchdown just because I saw the usage and didn't care much about him and he's still on the wire. So I don't think anyone's rushing to go grab Zach Moss. I think you're right. I think he still has enough ownership, though, to where, yeah, yeah, if you got him, drop him for anybody we mentioned today. Yeah, uh, my next guy is KJ Hamler at 6%. Love it, dude. I thought you'd mention him. Um, after uh, Sutton. Ugh. Love it. I have to say that I'm happy that Sutton only tore his ACL because official early reports were that he, quote, unquote, tore up his knee. Yeah. That's, that's the scientific term. But thankfully, it was only an ACL, which means hopefully <laughs> he can come back. scientific term. <laughs> So hopefully he can come back in that like 12 month period and like, well, he'll come back and play at the beginning of next year. And then usually you want to give a full 12 months to be back in form. So hopefully he can heal and be well by next season. But they spread the ball around pretty well Mm -hmm. after Sutton. I mean, even with Sutton, but now it's just one less person. And that made room for KJ Hamler to get on the field. He had seven targets after Sutton went well in the game in which Sutton went down. Yeah. So I, I think he, he's athletic. He's, shifty kind of guy so out targeted everybody didn't he i did not think to look that up but seven is a lot so maybe yeah so i think he's a good add and honestly man if you're bitten by the injury bug you might just want to play him like it's like say you're in last place and you're playing the first place team and you want that Mm -hmm. random ceiling play to try yeah yeah. 
I think maybe Hamler's a good guy to stick in there because if he can get seven targets, grab five and break one of them for a touchdown, you're, you're looking at a good 12, 15 points. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. So if anybody's not sure of what Russ means by that, it's exactly what he said. Like, play that ceiling play because maybe you have a matchup where it's undesirable to you. And if you get those ceiling plays in versus your high floor, which I sometimes advise, but in this situation, you get those high ceilings in and and you can take out first place and try to i mean you're already in like last place anyway for this hypothetical situation so that high ceiling play is i I like that definitely um who else you got okay i got deontay harris wide receiver for the saints this is the one guy of the name you well i guess i have two but this is one name that you may not have heard but he got five targets last game, and this is all assuming that Michael Thomas does not come back. I haven't seen anything. All I saw was he yesterday didn't practice still. Yeah, it still but doesn't sound good. I don't think it matters. I think if the, if he practices on Saturday, there's a chance he plays. But I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd feel safe playing him. Like I'm always fine missing out on that first game back from an injury. Yeah. Like because like Michael Thomas, I know I'm going to start him every week. But why risk playing him on that decoy game where he's just trying to get his feet back under him? Like it, it's mm-hmm. fine. I, I'm okay with that. But Deontay Harris got five targets last game with, and I know it wasn't a very pretty game for Drew Brees in general, but five targets. And the next two weeks, they play Green Bay and Detroit, who, sorry, are not good against the pass. Mm -hmm. So I think that it could lead to another five, six targets a game, in which case, again, same thing as last time. If you get lucky and he brings one in for a touchdown, you're in double digits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice ceiling play. I have a little bit of more trouble getting on board with this one and more because of uh, like the long-term play that I think some of these other guys we've mentioned could offer. Oh, yeah, but... this is absolutely not one of the long... This is just... Because Michael Thomas is coming back this season. Yeah. Well, I can't say indefinite, but it, uh, it appears as if he will, and this is mm-hmm. only good until either Michael Thomas comes back or if Emmanuel Sanders remembers that he's good. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to remember... I think there's like six or seven rookie wide receivers outscoring Emmanuel Sanders right now. Yeah, it's not including yeah, Quentin Cephas. Of, that's yeah, how bad did. it is. <laughs> well, God, should be coming back, right? That yeah. So, and that's where my head went as soon as you said you're you're not going out of your way to start guys after they're coming off an injury. But I'm having a hard time in my situations keeping Galladay out of lineups. Uh, if you have to you have to absolutely but if i have a choice where that isn't you know michael thomas or deontay harris if i have to make those choices i'll probably Mm -hmm. just start michael thomas because the the floor is probably pretty similar but the ceiling of michael thomas is way higher but if i'm like oh god i had no one on my bench that's even startable i might as well start one of these guys that has a bit of a ceiling just because of someone else being hurt. my my choices would be more similar to like Galladay or Brandon Cooks, just mm, yeah, maybe not this game, there. just because of who they're playing, who the Texans are playing. But I don't think I want to play many people when they play Pittsburgh if they're not a super stud. Mm-hmm. So um, another one of my guys, still keeping it kind of low ownership, is Michael Pittman at eighteen percent ownership with Paris Campbell looking like he's out, and we already mentioned Jack Doyle. I mean, Paris Campbell is out indefinitely. Yeah, so. So I, I like the upside that Pittman brings. I was I'm kind of late to the Pittman parties, especially in Dynasty, but I think that Pittman offers you some tremendous off upside through the 2020 season. Yeah, I'm still a fan of the prototypical X wide receiver body type guys. 
and that that that's that's Pittman. The only the biggest thing against Pittman was a late breakout age, which usually just means you know he took advantage of his size over younger cornerbacks as opposed to talent taking him there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't feel safe starting Pittman right now. But it's the same thing with all the other big guys. There's always a chance that if they make it to the end zone and Jonathan Taylor gets stuffed twice, that third time could be a back shoulder fade and then, you know, the corner of the end zone to Michael Pittman. Um, we had John Lobb on Rookie Fever, like I said, last night. And he made up some he made some good points about like what what does like affect that breakout age outside of like being athletic and talented? Like how much could a coach hold a kid back if they didn't like him or something like that like different situations or like i mean so do we look at breakout age too much though i guess is what i'm saying oh no i well some people absolutely but i still think it's part of the puzzle it absolutely does play in i I agree russ yeah i I, I don't want you hit like 22 then yeah you're absolutely just six inches taller than the 19 year old defensive backs going against you i mean that's a little unfortunate but and and i wouldn't completely fade a guy just because he had that i just maybe would drop him in rankings a little bit compared to someone like brian edwards who broke out when he was like 14 sure <laughs> yeah man so brian edwards or debo who dynasty uh man they're probably worth the same thing right now which is kind of crazy but i think debo just because Assuming he comes back healthy and who he was, I still think he gets more usage. Yeah, he hits pretty quick. They, they will in still the do end rounds with him. They will still do screens to get him into mm-hmm. space. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think I just wonder if you could pull that off. I wonder if there's an actual buy opportunity for Debo if people like Brian Edwards enough. But I don't know. It's a move I thought of making because I have so much Brian Edwards, but just not when I'm sure I'm ready to. But and that's also tough because who knows if he's going to come back the first year after a foot injury and especially Liz Frank fracture it, yeah. it's it takes like I remember Hollywood last year could barely stay on the field now he looks like a beast because again he's a year past that uh that foot injury yeah so Debo coming back this year if you're making that trade in Dynasty you that's a long play uh, you know you don't you, you can't look at scores this year yeah. <laughs> if you, that's something you do though Edwards hasn't I mean it's only again two games in but he hasn't been super targeted in any way shape or form i think he got like three last week which was a big deal yeah no i like it okay so my next one is zach pascal who is two percent owned uh i guess we're just hammering those colts at this point but when little peter howard shout out uh, when (laughs) (laughs) like he was getting a lot of targets towards the end of the game and that was with moali cox getting all those targets and again everything got very shaken up with with uh, Paris Campbell going down. Mm -hmm. Um, But the schedule for the Colts, the next few games, the Jets, the Bears, the Browns, the Bengals, bye week, the Lions. Like That's a lot of very pass-friendly teams. And they are running out of targets to throw to. Like, remember, what was it? Was it last year when... uh, Yeah, because Campbell went down and then Hilton kept missing a few games. Zach Pascal was winning people weeks because there was no one else to throw to. Yeah. Like we might get to the point where all there's three people to throw to where it's going to be the running back, Mo Ali Cox and Zach Pascal. And then people you've never heard of before, assuming Pittman doesn't, you know, get back to health right away. So mm-hmm. I think he's a, another good person just to stash for, because by the time the schedule I read runs out, you're in bye weeks. So you might need to start him if you're super decimated. Yeah. 
but I don't mind that. And just staying ahead. Like, that's why we're here. We're trying to keep you straight so you don't need to worry about staying ahead of the curve. Yep. Uh, my next guy, I'm going a lot higher up and kind of in the same light as Corey Davis. Like, I think he already should have more ownership, and I think mm-hmm. you should just add him now, and you can start to trust him already. But that's Nikhil Harry at 42%. Um, yep. The way Cam is running that offense, and it's going to be Harry, Harry and Edelman all year, uh, in my opinion. And Nikhil Harry showed up quick. Yeah, I was thrilled for Harry when Cam Newton signed there because he is <laughs> the kind of receiver Cam Newton has loved in the past. I mean, he is a better version of, oh my God, I'm blinking up, Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. Like, he's a better version yeah, of them. Yeah, So it, it And works. they have no tight end. True, exactly. And I thought the second Brady left, that it didn't matter who the quarterback was, signs were pointing up for Harry. Yeah, I And agree. it got even better with Cam Newton. So I, I, I love, I've, I've always been a Harry fan. I took him 101, even though I probably shouldn't have. So let's and get Nikhil Harry and Corey Davis so they don't have to be on this list next week. Above 50%, and you don't have to hear us talk about them again. Seriously, if my league wasn't a keeper league and I didn't have like every single rookie running back, I would drop some guys to go pick both guys <laughs> up just to increase their ownership percentage just a little bit. Yeah. Who else you got? All right, so this is my last one. It is the 1% owned Darnell Mooney from Ooh, the Chicago yes. Bears. This guy has six targets on the season and six catches. Uh, they have been spread three and three, so it's nice and even, so you can feel a little safe in whatever two-game sample size means to you. But, man, that who knows what that offense is <laughs> at this point. Uh, it looks like Anthony Miller is only playing in the slot, so if they ever play two wide receivers, it looks like Darnell Mooney's on the outside of one of them. Yeah. And for some reason, Trubisky has not liked throwing the ball to Allen Robinson nearly as much as I need him to. Right. So, I, give it time. I, I, give it time. I oh, I have not given up yet. Don't worry. I'll never give up on Allen Robinson. Well, at least in the next few years, when he gets old, then you know, goodbye. Uh, <laughs> but no, like Darnell Mooney, he's a good guy to stash because again, we don't know what this offense is going to look like. What happens if you know two weeks goes down, Nick Foles starts, and who's to say who Nick Foles likes more? Nick Foles might be working with Darnell, like the whole Darius Slayton thing that happened last year. Nick Foles could be working with Mooney because they're on the second strengths together. And all of a sudden he just has a rapport with him. They have a connection where he knows where he's going to be more mm-hmm. than Alan Robinson, who he's not used to throwing to. So yeah. like this is a good, another good stash for a guy who fun, funnily enough, whatever that word is like, I traded for this guy and didn't know who he was. Like he was thrown into a trade and this was like two, three weeks ago. Like I wanted mm-hmm. to trade for Antonio Gandy golden. And I asked for, I forgot what I traded away, but I asked for AGG and a third. And the guy countered with AGG and Mooney. And I'm like, all right, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Feverish pointed out last night on the Rookie Fever, and I did not know this, so shout out to Michael Finero. Um, he actually outsnapped Anthony Miller last week, and he did not in week one. So I don't know if it was game script or if that's a telling sign of how it's going to be, but absolutely, like, He's somebody that I think you could even target in your dynasty leagues right now for dirt cheap. And yes, I yeah, I went on an adding spree of him last week. Yeah, so I think he is owned in every single one of my dynasty leagues. If not, if he wasn't last week, he is now by me. Yep. No, I I love that one. Um, so I'll end it with, uh, and we'll just try to do a quick show and get you guys out of here, but I'll end with somebody who's gotten a little bit more hype lately and probably why his ownership is up to 31%, but that's Logan Thomas. I yeah, think he's on my list also. Yeah, I think that he could be a viable tight end for you this season. I think that, you know, and I mean, he doesn't have a, 
high, high ceiling every week, but he's got a decent enough floor for the position. And really, like, after the top three or four tight ends, I'm looking for a pretty safe floor. And I think Logan Thomas offers you that. Well, yeah, it's really funny you brought him up because the reason I traded for Antonio Gandy-Golden was there was no one else to catch the ball besides Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping that AGG would be the next guy, but apparently it's Logan Thomas. Yeah. So that is that is a great call. Yeah. Thanks as always, Russ. No, thank you for just DMing me and being like, yo, we should record. And I'm like, okay, let's do that tomorrow then. Yeah, man. Well, I saw you around, you know, and I was just like, man, I haven't talked to Russ in forever. So you're, you're, you're awesome, dude. Easy to reach out to and just need to take advantage of our time more damn straight yeah work needs to stop actually making me do work so i can just podcast more during the day i did you know justice at the beginning of the show tell them all the great places to find you and things you're working on Uh, they they should know by now but yeah whatever uh trade addicts podcast with brian Har, split takes with kevin cotillo for the dfpn network the best and only network in town um hopefully i'll start having time again to do the lunch break for the dap network the dynasty addicts podcast yeah yeah uh, so you yeah, we, you and I can get one back on that. You had time today, um, but I stole it from you. That is completely fine because you had a great idea, and I do uh, Dynasty Game Night for DLF with uh, John Bosch and Matt Price. Um, but most importantly, uh, we created—I guess I should say I—I I feel weird taking credit for things, but uh, ffpodshirts.storenv.com. We created shirts for in memory of James Catullus at mm-hmm. James the Brain. Um, there's two different shirts and a sticker because I have to create a sticker for everything because I need to put stickers on my laptop. Uh, every single penny brought in from those shirts will be going straight to the Catullus family. So go to ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com, buy some James the Brain stuff. I, even there's a collection where it says yeah. James the Brain on the left-hand side. So you could just click and you could see everything that's there for him. Hell, if you want something different because you were friends with James and you had something that you want to make a t-shirt, I will make it for you. Just reach out to me. That's, that's awesome, man. And, and the money will still go straight to the Cthulhu's family. That's awesome. Shout out to James the Brain. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry for uh, putting a somber note at the end of the show. but uh, No, dude. I'm glad out. you said something. Absolutely. like That, that needs to be mentioned. And I, I should have at the beginning of the show. I get it. You're just so excited by the idea of talking to me that all other rational thought leaves your mind. I get it. I have that effect on people. That's it, dude. (laughs) Forget what I was going to say. Again, you're just so enamored with me that it just rational thought leaves your mind. You just, you can't think of what you were going to say. It's fine. I get it. I, I am Swagzilla Zero G. He is Dynasty Outhouse. This is the Super Flexible Podcast. And now you have to go back to work. I do. That's sucks. Another move you can make too, like if you if you run into situations where you pick up some of these guys, and and you're playing in Yahoo League, you pick up some of these guys, and they don't do what you expect, or you're frustrated, you can drop them and pick up one of the guys that's in the four o'clock game or the Monday night game or you can rotate like play those little those little things your league has like these are the little moves we want you making lit you can still be that waiver wire and maybe you're unhappy with something or one of the players you picked up gets injured drop them and pick up somebody else for the four o'clock game before waivers hit oh for sure yeah these are definitely churners uh, at the bottom of your roster for the most case